Hey everyone, my name is Evan Bieber and welcome to Pop Rocks Interviews. This podcast shares conversations with my favorite independent and up-and-coming artists. Pop Rocks is also a live radio show every Tuesday at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. St. Slumber consists of vocalist Josh Perna, guitarist Aaron Brown, and drummer Steven Sanzione. I had Josh on the show back in October of 2018 to talk about their youth trilogy. Since then, St. Slumber has garnered even more attention and success. During the pandemic, St. Slumber premiered their darker and more complex sound with their fourth EP cycle, How to Lose Yourself, opening the band up to millions of new fans with singles such as Peachy and Guillotine. I caught up with Josh back in early 2021 to talk about the success of How to Lose Yourself and what we can expect in the future. So good to see you. How are you? So good to see you too. How have you been? Uh, you know, as good as anyone could expect to be. Yeah, the truth. This is so fun because last time that we did this, this was, um, it's kind of crazy, but it was a, it was just a phone call. Like I was thinking that was back then when we just, I just did like that. I didn't know it was Zoom existed. And so I just did like phone interviews. <laughs> I don't think Zoom existed before pandemic. Like Probably. no one knew about it. I had no clue about it. Yeah, that's super funny. Yeah, I remember that was a phone call. It was for Youth 2, right? Yes, Youth 2. I'm glad you remember because I'm like, now it's so weird because Youth 2 is awesome and your music has evolved since then as well. Um, and also... Youth 2 being very old and very <laughs> forgotten. It's what 2018, so it's I've known you four years. Wow. Four years. Insane. Crazy. That is, it really is crazy. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, like your music really over time has evolved and changed in just in so many ways. Um, I did like Youth too, and then I like you. I like the whole Youth trilogy. Oh, did you like um, knowing that? So when I talked to Youth too, you were obviously, I think, already probably like knowing you now. You're probably planned ahead that you three was probably already like done. Um, or at least like you were ready for it. Right. Was it, was it nice to kind of finish that and then be able to move on to the next part of St. Slumber? Yeah. By the time we were done doing the youth thing, I think we had been working on it for like six years. Um, because like it predated the band actually being a band. We were working on it for a while beforehand. So by the time it was done, it was like, I think, yeah, this was a long project and you've ended up feeling kind of boxed in because I was trying to say something for a very long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so eventually it, it was nice to kind of put that to rest. And it was like kind of very violently put to rest because right as we finished it, the pandemic happened. Mm. So uh, it was a real bookend where I'm like, okay, I'm not singing about any of that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that kind of worked out in some way because it was, because it, it ended, so it kind of ended a nice like ended and then, you guys got kind of dark as the times got dark as well. <laughs> yeah, because in the youth thing, we were really inspired by like the 1975 and Bastille's earlier work and Imagine Dragons. So we're really chasing the pop thing. Um, and this is a, a personal hangup, but I just did not know how to write pop music <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic. Um, it felt so disingenuous. And like, it's hard to remember but for those first couple of months when the pandemic was happening it was like promoting anything felt so gross yeah. you, you know what i mean because yep. we had no idea what was going on everything was so scary so really 
I wasn't even thinking of like music as a career move. I was just like, what am I feeling? And just releasing music that had to do with how I was feeling. And we didn't take any of the proceeds for like the beginning part of the pandemic. We just funneled it all into nonprofits because it felt gross trying to you know, monetize during that time. So it was a, a change that happened very organically for sure. Yeah. I love that you, you did that as well, that a lot of the proceeds were for charities. I think that's really special. It was the only way we figured how to do it. Cause it, like I said, it just felt so gross. People were like trying to promote stuff and yeah. it was like, read the room, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like appropriate to do it. So we were just like, this is what we're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it connects with you and we're not taking any of the money. Like that's kind of how we handled it. Wow. And honestly, the music that you wrote during that time and that you're still writing, there is such a difference because uh, obviously the times are heavier, but the music and um, your, your writing is, is pretty heavy topics. Um, it's clearly like of the times um, starting with it's okay to be afraid. I think was your first single from the pandemic, right? That was the pandemic. Yeah, I wrote that before the lockdown was even like locked down. Mm. Like I, we, I just got back from touring in California. It was like right at the, I guess, the middle of March. So in, wow. in that timeline, it was like we didn't know what was going on. Stuff started to shut down. I remember like the NBA like shut down and everyone started freaking out. I think yep. Tom Hanks got it and everyone yep. went crazy because Tom Hanks got coronavirus. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I wrote it right at the beginning of that. I, from what I understand, no one's proved me wrong yet, but I think I wrote the first COVID song. Like I'm sticking to that. I haven't seen like another official release that happened before that. I mean, that makes sense though, because you wrote that early on, like way earlier than yeah, April 3rd. It's like wow. we really just cranked it out. I, I finished it in less than a week and I submitted it. Yeah. Wow. Well, something that's special about you is that you do everything. I mean, I think this is still true. You do everything like in-house. Like yep. you you create your own videos. You Do you still produce your own music? Yep. Insane. Yep. And I think that, um, I'm not sure if everyone knows this that listens to you because I think that's just a ridiculous and very, like not not a lot of people do that. <laughs> so I think that's, I still think that's so special. I appreciate that. I, I don't know if that's even true anymore because I feel like, I feel like when we started in like 20, 16 that was like a big selling point for us but mm-hmm. since then it's like especially with like the next generation coming up it's like mm. there are so many people that really do everything in-house to some degree you know what I mean it's um, true and it's like it's in-house meaning that it's like we just rely on like our friends who are very generous with their time and really like to be a part of what we're doing you know what I mean so it's yep. like I feel like in the past five years we've really made a huge shift as like a music industry towards the in-house kind of crowd. You know what I mean? Like yep. people who are not signed to labels, they do not have a huge operating budget. Um, and they're just making stuff happen. You know what I mean? So totally. I think I'm, that's what's that's what's special about this, like you said, like this new generation of, I mean, especially because like we're talking last time I talked to you, there was no TikTok, there was no like the the like the youth now, they that's what they actually appreciate and like they like in-house they like the relatability they don't like the big label things as much as they're like i like that you created this yourself to the point where if something's too polished it doesn't work yes it's gotten to a point where it's like we've a b tested stuff and it's like if you have really high quality audio uh over your video people 
they're not into it. They want to kind of hear it like in the room, like kind of crappy, like it's coming out of your speakers into your iPhone mic because mm-hmm. it, it feels genuine. And it's such a shift because like, again, our selling point when we started this band not that long ago was like we had these super polished visuals, these super polished records. And I'm pivoting now because it's like people don't want really polished stuff anymore. It's it's crazy. But people, you know, at the end of the day, music is just about human connection. Right. And this is how uh, the next generation is connecting with music. They want like total authenticity. Um, so it becomes less about how polished it is and more about like how um, high the fidelity of emotional communication is, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, something that you guys always do too is that you have like with your songs, you also have different versions of songs. So you put out like your acoustic versions, your live versions, like you have different versions that you put out. So like there are so many ways to connect that people can hear your message in different in different ways, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean, we got to a point where it's like, we ended up starting solo projects, both Aaron and I, because there's so many different sounds that we like. Mm-hmm. Um, and given the opportunity, we will stuff as many genres into a project as possible. Uh, to the point where we realized it was actually like a marketing nightmare because we were mm-hmm. kind of shooting ourselves in the foot because you would show up to our Spotify page because you liked the song. And then the top five songs were all so <laughs> wildly different. Like if you came for an acoustic song, there'd be like an EDM mashup, like this yeah. rock thing. Um, so yeah, we, we really like to explore sounds, um, to, and to our own detriment, really. And I love it though. I mean, especially cause in the end, like your songwriting is still this, the, the, the message is still there. Your songwriting is still the same, but yes, the sound, the sound is, is different. Yeah. yeah I think they, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. If you're a fan of us, it's a fun ride. If you showed up because of one song, you're probably like, that's not what I signed up for. <laughs> so. You'll have to find like the pair of that of that song. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to. Yeah, like I said, we're starting s- solo projects just so we can kind of offshoot some of the extra sounds just to kind of dial in what Saints Lumber is and uh, what we're kind of putting out into the world. Totally. And that's when, so I want to talk about um, How to Lose Yourself mm-hmm. because that is such a great record. And like, I think it's, well, I don't know if you'd agree, but I think it's like your darkest era. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys took, it took a turn into this dark, but also very like EDM. Like you said, like there's this like heavy alternative rock with EDM, um, darkest era, but during a really dark time, I, I felt very connected to so many of the songs, um, especially Freak. I feel like that is like just so classic. So good. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh... You're completely right. It's the darkest record because I just didn't know what else to do. Um, And life was crazy and life was crazy on a global scale and my own personal life, you know, uh, things were coming to a head in a bunch of different areas. And like, I was really at the end of my own personal rope there. So I was just processing through music um, to the point where it was like, it was difficult doing the promotion for the music because I was so burnt out and stuff was so crazy. So it really is like, autobiographical in that sense like it was a real-time processing of what 2020 and 2021 were were like for me um without getting too explicit so I think hopefully there's like a timelessness to it but it certainly was the darkest point of this band and we're trying to come back up on the (laughs) other side (laughs) and try to um follow the kind of freak 
the freak vein because that is the yeah. lightest song on that whole record yes. you know? so yeah that's our little entry point to try to get out of the hole that we dug for ourselves yeah i know it's okay i luckily your your timing has just been great with with because it seems like hopefully we're all kind of getting out of that that hole and seeing some yeah <laughs> yeah and then finally like i'm finally dancing to music again yeah. i'm finally having fun writing pop music so that's how you know it's time like yeah at the end of the youth trilogy and right as the pandemic began i was like i couldn't fathom writing a song that was like just hook driven yeah so you got a lot of music that was real-time processing like i said it's like it's okay to be afraid came out a couple weeks after i wrote it just bam just like that peachy couple weeks after i wrote it bam wow it was just very uh very quick real-time processing of stuff and that was like the strength of it and that's why a lot of those records are our most successful records to date you know guillotine we put out like two weeks after the january 6 riots and it was just like mm. just immediate um and there's something really cool about that we we're all kind of processing everything at the same time but now things are going back to normal a bit you know people are touring which is crazy yep. to me um and I'm writing pop music again. I'm having fun. Oh. <laughs> yeah. When did you um, start writing for How to Lose Yourself? Was it after, like, was this kind of like, were you writing at the same time as Guillotine and Peachy? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, it's from the same batch of music. Um, and you can kind of tell because like, as the year went on, all the songs kind of at the same time got very, uh, got very different together. Whereas like in the other records, there was kind of crossover and one record, you know, might have an extra song that would be on the next record. That mm -hmm. was not the case of this. This was just like a super fresh batch of music. Um, I wrote it with um, Nicholas Gonsalves, who's from a, a band called Eight Graves. And he's like that super industrial electronic music. Like I wrote a lot of that music with him. Um, so it has its own fingerprint for sure. Like if you, if you try to listen to you three and then uh, <laughs> now lose yourself, it's like, whoa. I did today. And I, I was like, whoa, I like revisited youth and I was like, oh, wow. I, I like forgot how much your sound has changed through time. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a an innocent Josh, you know? He was out playing shows, <laughs> having a good time. Just having fun. <laughs> Didn't know what was about to happen. Exactly. And the new music is kind of informed by that, where it's like, we're, we're really trying to create like, oh, like what would happen if you three and how to lose yourself had to mix. And that's what the new music is going to be. But to answer your question, yeah, how to lose yourself was written all at the same time in, in 2020 and 2021. Nice. I think what is so great and being a fan for so long now and watching you guys grow you know through like before the pandemic and then during the pandemic is like clearly people are really relating to your music um because like your songs have been blowing up and doing great and it's really for like like obviously you got you're good at marketing as well but i think it's really straight up the music and like the words <laughs> it's not like you're heavily like promoting every single day i think that people are really just making connections with it yeah that's the the crazy thing is like i've taken a lot of time off this year because mm -hmm. i was so just mentally taxed um and you follow my my private lock yeah. page you know that i've been through a lot and i've had a lot of insecurity about you know being a human being who has only so much capability you know mm -hmm. and i can't be promoting all the time but 
no matter how much time I take off, like we are doing better and better, which is insane to me. Like we have more fans than we've ever had. Um, and I, that's such a blessing to me because that's really the thing keeping me going as a musician, yeah. just turning back and seeing like, even if I take time off, like people aren't forgetting about me. I'm actually making new fans every day, which is just yeah. such a, such a lucky thing. Yeah. You know? Um, so I definitely don't take that for granted at all. And I appreciate you saying that. Of course. Yeah. Especially when it's tough because like you are like such a good live band as well. And I feel like that's a, the the typical way where you make connections with people right. would be through like a live space. So you were doing this through um, like an internet space, which is kind of a strange way, but it is kind of the way right now. Yeah. It, it completely rewrote the script for me because as of today, it's been exactly two years since I've been on stage. Wow. Which is bananas. Cause it was like such a big part of my identity. Um, and really at this point, it's like, we've almost been a pandemic band for as long as we were a normal band. Whoa. It's no longer like, Oh yeah. It's just like this little, this little uh, detour. It's like, Oh, this is a huge part of our DNA now. Like, most people know us for the music we've put out during the pandemic. Most wow. people that follow us have never seen us live. It's just, it's, it's wild to wrap your head around because, you know, from my perspective, it's like, yeah, we were the youth band. And then this little, little yeah. bit of time happened where we weren't on stage, but it's like, that's our career now. It's majority. Wow. Of yeah. That's crazy. Well, as we were talking about it, bands are touring again. Is this yeah. something that, that St. Slumber is considering? it's certainly like it's certainly changed my um my priorities because mm -hmm. for when you're a, a musician by trade like you tie so much of your self-worth with like how well your band is doing and your band is doing however well it's doing on the internet mm -hmm. and that just becomes this very toxic kind of snowball effect where you are constantly second guessing yourself and know questioning your self-worth based on things that are completely outside of your control mm -hmm. strangers on the internet and how well you know your music is doing to that demographic so this is uh you know this period of not being able to tour at all really changed my priorities where i'm like okay my whole life isn't revolving around trying to get on tours mm -hmm. it's not you know completely revolving around what feels kind of like a popularity contest you know without sounding jaded it's just kind of like yeah. you know and who yeah. likes you so it's you know touring for us is something that we love and something that is a priority on like an emotional sort of plane. but i'm questioning like okay do i even want to be touring full-time and i think the answer is no honestly i yeah. think we're entering an era right now where there's such thing as a middle-class musician and there are people who you know will play shows throughout the year we'll take a couple of small tours but uh, you know, our whole existence no longer depends upon being on the road for 300 days a year. Yeah. So, you know, we're coming back, we're booking, um, which is exciting, but it's kind of uh, done with more reservation and we kind of do it in a more controlled way, which is nice. Yeah, that, that must feel good because that really will make a difference because you're really going to have more limited shows. You'll be you'll probably feel more freeing because you'll have more time off from just performing yeah so much of so much of a touring musician's life is just like 
booking, 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 waiting, waiting to hear back. Something gets canceled. Your whole month falls apart, planning like your personal life around time you have off the anxiety of not getting booked. Um, so really kind of being freed from that, I guess, was a silver lining of being locked in a room for two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I very much miss being on stage in such a big way. Um, I'll be playing with some friends we'd, before our Saints Lumber shows just to kind of like get the, get the, yeah, yeah. Back, you know, kind of <laughs> shake off the rust. Cause yep. it's been a while. Two years is a long time. Very long time. But for people who just became fans of yours during the pandemic era, they don't even know what they're in for because you guys are so dope live. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, we grew up in the hardcore scene when we were little. So we learned very early on how to just kind of like literally throw yourself against the wall for people's entertainment. We really try to approach these shows as if we were kind of like in a punk band or something. Yeah, yeah, I totally see that. Yeah, we like to, we like to shock and awe. So, <laughs> you guys were it. you guys were like an arena band. I mean, you performed in arenas, but you were like in an arena band when you're not in an arena. Is how yeah, I well, that's, that's the motto. Like the best the best shows I've ever seen uh, were in really small venues with really dedicated people. Because if you don't perform, like you don't realize that like it's actually way more crippling to just be in an empty room with mm-hmm. like three people against the back wall. Like that is a much more difficult show to do than a packed arena yeah packed arena the energy kind of you know insists upon itself but when you're in that empty club it's like you're pulling your own teeth where you're like i have 30 minutes to kill Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. we try really hard to like we're just dedicated to you know if we're on this stage we're really gonna go hard we're gonna go as hard as we possibly can even if it's just for the bartender yep love it Um, something that is exciting about this new year is that there's a St. Slumber House. We're in the Slumber House now. We're in the Slumber House. How yeah. is how's the new place? It's incredible. Um, you're looking at uh, a studio that's uh, in the midst of being set up. All nice. of the fancy studio stuff, unfortunately, is behind the camera. <laughs> you're on my computer. Yeah. Um, but it's been amazing. It's been amazing just to you know all be together all the time. Um, you know, I've known Aaron my entire life, but you know, when you have to commute to see each other, like it kind of changes the vibe of mm-hmm. how things go creatively. But when you're you having breakfast together every morning, it's really easy to just kind of like <laughs> make yeah. connect. And we're building like a photo studio here, so we'll be doing like photo and video shoots. Um, it makes life a lot easier, um, and it's really exciting. That is so exciting, and yeah, that will make that will make your whole life easier. I'm sure. Yes. So everything will be right lot, there. I have a lot more time to do things, which is nice. And um, we've been doing like so much work with other artists now. Oh, nice. Um, just being able to work with other artists, just like from a dedicated space is great, um, as opposed to a literal bedroom studio. Everything, mm-hmm. everything I've ever done as St. Slumber up until now has been done in a very small bedroom. So this will be the first, <laughs> first record where we have a little more room to kind of start our legs. That's insane to me because it's like your music is not like the music that you'd be like, oh, that was probably made in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, bedroom pop is a much more mellow thing. And we're totally screaming like, mics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was so, your neighbors like, what is going on? <laughs> well, luckily I used I used to live very far from neighbors. Oh, so the, cool. The, that's the good. Farm, so you could just holler as much as you wanted to holler and no one could hear it. Um, oh, that's good. 
ironically now we have neighbors so we actually have to put up a lot of soundproofing everywhere um, oh no that's all right they'll get used to it i'm sure yeah, <laughs> nice yeah. um i want to know what's next for saint slumber what can you what can you tell me <laughs> saint slumber is you know we're we're finding out what the next step is um you know we had very definitive chapters mm -hmm. from trilogy to the how to lose yourself era the pandemic era and now it's time to decide like how are we moving forward and like i said before it's like we want to bridge our sounds we want to create a full-length record this will be our first lp Ooh. have it'll like it'll have peachy on it it'll have freak on it it'll have it's okay to be afraid so the new music that's going with it has to bridge those gaps so we want to have music that's I think St. Slumber is always going to be like a loud band. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to go into a, uh, I don't know, a more reserved spot because that's, this is the outlet for that for me. Yeah. Um, so you have your own, you have your own, you have King Lear for that. Yeah. We have King Lear and we have Aaron Michael Brown, which is yeah. Aaron's um, solo stuff that we have. We have those other channels now. And like I said, yeah. we're writing for other people. So we have the outlets. Mm -hmm. um, so St. Slumber is going to be, it's going to be high octane. It's going to be catchy. It's going to be big. There's going to be some more joy in it. Um, you know, some more fun because we miss that. And when we're going to get on stage again, we're going to want to have fun. Um, so that's what Saint Slumber is going to be like. And yeah, King Lear's first record's coming out this year as well. Ooh. So that's more of like a pop project. It's more of like a, it's a solo artist. So it's like pop and ballads, right? I want to yep. be Fugitives. I want to be, I don't know, Charlie Puth or something. So it's just yep. a, lot of, a lot of that stuff. Love it. Well, I'm excited to hear all of the above. That sounds like an exciting year. And I know you're someone who's like planned out and ready. <laughs> yep. If if nothing else, I'm a very organized, scheduled dude. So yeah. <laughs> um, I thought before I let you go, we'd play a game if that's cool. I would love to. All right. This game is called, it's one of my new faves. It's called the random question generator. It literally is if you go to randomquestiongenerator.com. Uh, it just asks random questions. Okay. So I am going to spin this wheel and figure out what the question is. All right. If you could be friends with any TV show character, who would it be? If I could be friends with any TV show character, yep. who would it? Ted Lasso. Ooh, there you go. You're quick. I want, I, what you want to, who wants to listen to audio of me just kind of like, well, you know. thinking, yeah, I know yeah. that. I guess that's the pressure. It's like you have to just say somebody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one. Okay. Um, would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift or broken elevator? Broken ski lift. <laughs> it's a good view. Yeah. I think I would be too. And I don't like love heights but elevator you're also heights but it just works yes exactly yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly you're like okay you, you'll know you'll be okay <laughs> all right let me spin the wheel all right um how do you improve your mood when you're in a bad mood oh i'm very prepared for this yes i like candles i feel like the aroma is something that's overlooked when it comes to like feng shui. Mm. Light a good candle, mood lighting, dim it. Ice shower, 
That'll really shock you out of a bad mood. Um, try to meditate or some, you know, controlled breathing. Uh, drink a lot of water. Go for a walk. Uh, if the weather's permitting, get some sun on your skin. Those are great tips. I mean, a lot of coping mechanisms. Hey, seriously, those are great. I, I have found that the that showering really does kind of just switch up the whole vibe. Yeah, it gets you out of your head, back into your body for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nice little recap. Yeah, good tip. All right, let's do like two more. Yes, lightning. All right. Whoa. That we went crazy. Okay. Um, what's your go-to band or artist when you just need to listen to something? It's different. It's so hard for me to listen to like regular music because mm-hmm. my brain's going. If something's really good, I, I I'm working because I'm trying to figure out mm-hmm. like what I'm doing. So if I need to just listen, um, I try to find things that are so out of my depth that I can't even bother figuring it out. Um, musicians that are just incredible. Jacob Collier, mm. um, Hiatus Coyote, if you've heard of them, they're absolutely oh. insane. It's like just super progressive R&B, but it's still like really grooves, uh, classical music. And then if I just need to like zone out, uh, lo-fi hip hop beats. Nice. I love a lo-fi hip hop beat. Yeah, low key, I think we're actually gonna start a project this year um, called Slumber Boy. And we're going to, every two weeks, we're just going to put out instrumental. Lo-fi Come on, uh, that's genius. <laughs> that's so genius. I'm obsessed with that. I can't wait. Of course. Oh my gosh, of course. And it like makes so much sense. Slumber. Like, come on. Yeah, you might as well do something that's actually good for like kind of sleepy music. Yes. I think Slumber actually isn't that good for sleeping too. <laughs> no, it'll wake you up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last one. All righty. What song do you feel compelled to sing along to every time you hear it, even if you don't know all the words? If I don't know all the words, Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. Ooh. Whenever there's just a moment, if I'm like, I walk through a like a parking garage a lot. It's good reverb. I'll just kind of sit there and just fly me to <laughs> every time I'm in I'll, any sort of uh, reverby space. I sing that all the time. That's awesome. Fantastic song. I love it. Well, Josh, thanks so much for hanging out today. I had a blast. It's good to see you. If for nothing else, just great to see your face, hear your voice. Right. I know. It's great to it's great to talk. I'm glad that this I'm glad that Zoom exists now, at least for this. <laughs> well, hopefully this year we won't have to Zoom as much anymore. Uh, we'll be in Brooklyn, so I expect you to be at that show for sure. Oh, I'll, I will definitely be at the show. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much again. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, if you like what you heard today and you want to hear even more interviews, follow our podcast at Pop Rocks Interviews. And if you're bored and you have a minute, give us a rating on Spotify or iTunes. Also, feel free to follow us on social media at Pop Rocks BK. Pop Rocks.